good day. Thank you very much for a nice uh, warm welcome. Uh, we welcome everyone here in the studio audience, as well as all those who are joining us on the internet, maybe watching it by means of incmedia.org on your smartphones, through the uh, uh, Facebook pages that we have, uh, or also maybe on channel 49, INC TV in the Philippines. Thank you all so very much for joining us in this episode of That's in the Bible! You know, uh, dear friends, anyone that's uh, following the Iglesia de Cristo social media outlets, and we, and we do have a few, you are by now uh, very well aware of the intensified uh, efforts of the Church of Christ led by the Church Administration in eradicating poverty all over the world. There's been a lot of efforts that have been exerted by the, uh, the Church of Christ, most especially in the continent of Africa, in order to reach that goal of, well, er, like I said, eradicating poverty uh, all over the world, uh, Lord willing. The questions that we'll be addressing in our uh, taping for today of this broadcast of the program, that's in the Bible, are questions that come from ordinary citizens that the uh, That's in the Bible team that went to Africa. Uh, they, they were able to meet some of the ordinary citizens of Africa, and they posed a lot of questions. So like I said, we're going to address a couple of them uh, here in our broadcast for today. We were happy to receive some questions because as the continent of Africa learns about the Church of Christ, well, it has begun to prompt uh, some questions. We, are, we will continue to reach out to our fellow men there and everywhere. And the That's in the Bible team, as I mentioned, uh, recently visited and received the, the following uh, specific questions to this program. And we'll be tackling them together uh, for today. Our first question comes from John in uh, Johannesburg, uh, South Africa. Let's take a look at the question that John posed for today. And the question I have is that who is Jesus? Who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is God? These are, these are questions that usually stem from uh, what some would call a confusing, nevertheless a very common concept that in fact God and Jesus are one and the same. But how does the Bible respond to that? John has asked, and the Bible, the Bible gives a response. First of all, we cite from the book of uh, Matthew, chapter uh, 3, verse 17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Here, dear friends, God is the one who has introduced Jesus. God introduced Jesus as his Son. That's according to the Father himself. So John asks, well, who is Jesus? God answers by saying, that's my Son. Never has any correct translation of the Bible ever said that Christ is, in fact, God the Son. What can be read very clearly from the Bible is the fact that Christ is the Son of God. God the Son and Son of God are two very, very different things, and they must not be uh, interchanged. Aside from being the Son of God, uh, John's question was, who is Jesus? So uh, there's so many uh, verses that we could cite. How else was Jesus introduced in the Holy Scriptures? For example, if we were to read Acts chapter 2, verse 36, the Bible says and shows that, well, Jesus was made Lord. In the book of Acts as well, chapter 5, verse 31, it makes mention that uh, Jesus was also uh, made as Savior. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, the Apostle Paul wrote to, his, uh, uh, to uh, Timothy that uh, Jesus was a mediator between God and man. All, all, all these attributes are given to our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we say, who is Jesus? The Bible does not answer it by saying he is God. And I'd like to cite another statement of Apostle Paul. Here in Ephesians 1.22, the Bible says, And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church. So, dear friends, here the Bible clearly teaches us that Jesus was placed above all things to the church. This is the Jesus of the Bible. Any other Jesus would be a different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. But here's the question that some pose when they, uh, when they read that verse. If, if Jesus is just a man, as we cited from 1 Timothy 2.5 just a moment ago, if Jesus is a man, we didn't, we didn't read that he was just a man, then why is he also worshipped? And then in here, in Ephesians 1.22, he was placed above all things. So doesn't that make him God? First off, uh, no one heard us read or say that Jesus is just a man. We cited 1 Timothy 2.5, but it didn't say that he's just a man or just an ordinary man like, like all of us. Instead, what you did hear from the Holy Scriptures was that the, very, the various uh, qualities or distinctive, unique qualities that the Bible gives or attributes to Jesus, which makes him and proves that he is not just an ordinary man. And, and regarding the, the point that, well, uh, he is worshipped, so therefore he must be God. Yes, we do worship Jesus. But why? Is it because he is God? Answer of the Bible. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9, 10, and 11 answers this way. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, dear friends, based on what we have just read, do we have a reason to worship Jesus even though he's not God? Absolutely, yes, we worship him, not because he is God, but because, as we just read together, God commanded him to be worshipped. We worship Jesus, yes. Why? Because that's in the Bible. Remember, obeying the commandments of God, as we just read also, that's what gives glory to God. God, as we read there, highly exalted Jesus, gave him, gave him a name above every other name, and gave the instruction that people at every knee should bow. Bowing is a form of worship. And that's the commandment and instruction of God to, the, to us all. So we have to obey and follow that because that's what will give glory to God the Father. Sometimes, though, uh, people will reason out and say, for example, like, uh, well, if he's above everything, that's got to make him God. It's got to make him God because only God is above, is 
placed above everything else. What do you think, studio audience? Does that seem like a reasonable, a reasonable conclusion to draw? Seems, uh, seems reasonable. I, I turn, however, here to 1 Corinthians, Apostle Paul, this is the, uh, the Good News Bible. Uh, I turn to 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a look here at verse 27 and 28. How does, how does the Bible respond to that? For the scripture says, God put all things under his feet. It is clear, of course, that the words all things do not include God himself, who puts all things under Christ. But when all things have been placed under Christ's rule, then he himself, the Son, will place himself under God, who placed all things under him, and God will rule completely over all. Who is over all? God. Jesus is over all, with one exemption. Who's that? God. Still, Christ is under or subject to God. As God has placed all things under Christ, Christ will still be, is still subject, subjected to God. And you know, uh, despite all the great attributes of Christ, the Bible also made very clear, in fact, Jesus himself made very clear, and uh, we'll cite a quote directly from Jesus himself. He made clear his nature, or let's say his, his state of existence. Concerning this topic, there's no one clearer to go to than the Lord Jesus himself. So we turn to John chapter 8 and asking him, Well, Lord, what then is your state of existence? Jesus answers in 840 in the book of John. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Who spoke this? Jesus. And we know God's nature is that of a spirit. And that's recorded. We often read John 4.24 in this, in this program. God is a spirit. What did Jesus just say about himself? He clearly introduced himself as a man. He said, I'm a man here to tell you the truth which I heard from God. Christ never said that he himself is the true God. If he were the true God, he would have introduced himself as such. According, according to his own apostles, since Jesus taught them that he was a man. When the, when the apostles started uh, teaching that to the church, did they change it? How did they teach the church, or what did they teach the church about Jesus concerning his, his state of existence? In Apostle Paul's uh, letter to uh, uh, Timothy here, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse 5, For there is one God, and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. What the apostles teach when, they were, when it came to teaching it to the church, they didn't change what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm a man here to tell you the truth. When the apostles taught that, they didn't change it. They made very clear that Jesus is a man mediating between whom? God 
and mankind. If Jesus is God, and he's the mediator between God and mankind, and Jesus the mediator is also God, he's mediating between God and man, how many gods then would that be? That, that would, be, would be two gods. How many true gods are there? One. Only one. Albeit Jesus is not just an ordinary man like us, but albeit a very, very special man that God, God performed miracles through. So that, by the way, was also mentioned by Apostle Peter in Acts 2.22. But a man nevertheless. John also uh, asked in his, question, uh, in his question from uh, uh, South Africa, what was the second part? Not only who is Jesus, he also wanted to know who is, yes, who is God. John also asked who is God. And it was none other than Jesus himself who uh, answers uh, John's question and uh, answers who the, who the true God uh, is. Let's take a look at John 17 where Jesus' words are, uh, are cited. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. Allow me to pause. To the audience, who's praying here? Who's the speaker written, uh, quoted here by Apostle John? Who's speaking? Jesus. Who's he speaking to? Father. You can see it on the screen, right? Who's he addressing? Father. Now, while he's praying to the Father, what important truth did he reveal? Let's go ahead to, to verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Did Jesus make known who the true God is? Absolutely. He introduced the Father as the only true God. So John, there in South Africa, to answer both your questions. The first, who is Jesus? He is Savior. He's the head of the church. He's worship because God commanded him to be worshiped. So many attributes were given to Jesus, but not Godhood. Who is God was John's second uh, question. Jesus answered that too. The Father, and he, he even used the word only to eradicate any confusion, huh? to eradicate any confusion. He said the Father is the only true God. The Bible makes very clear the differentiation uh, between God and Christ then. This, this book, the Bible, is ir irrefutable proof of their distinctness. Irrefutable proof of Christ's true nature is that of a man. Let's move to uh, the second part of uh, John's question in uh, Africa. Let, let's uh, take a look at it on the screen. Because uh, from people I know, they say he has a family somewhere around the world. So that's what, what's confusing me now. The second part of John's question is, well, I've heard that uh, Jesus has a family. How many here in the studio audience has heard that Jesus has a family? You heard that maybe from some very popular movie scripts. Uh, there's been very popular Hollywood movies, there's been a lot of books and discourses made about Jesus marrying uh, Mary Magdalene, they having children, and that family lineage continues, and there are people seeking to find that. That whole ideology, like I said, was popularized by Hollywood in some very popular, popular um, uh, movies. But here's the thing. It's not in the Bible. 
It's just not there. But what is here is a very important principle that we must not forget. Before we will just believe in a movie script or uh, any uh, a magazine article that we would pick up and read about, uh, about these, these things, before we believe in that, turn to a principle or an instruction of God, let's, let's call it, written here through the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. What's the principle? Don't even think beyond what is written. So if it's not written that Jesus got married to Mary Magdalene, they had children, there's a lineage, we should be chasing around the world trying to find who's the, the DNA connected and all such things like that. That's all absent from the scriptures. So the instruction or principle of God must be followed, which says, once again, you saw it on the screen, don't even what? Think. Don't even think that that, or much less use that as the basis. Those things were just entertainment. But it must never be embraced as the basis for one's faith. We can't dwell on those things. What we will dwell on is what is written. And that is the distinction that the Bible gives between God and Jesus. And as we have learned, they are not the same person or the same being. Why do we believe that? Because? seen the Bible. Thank you, studio audience. And thank you, John, for your, your questions uh, from Africa. When you are ready to learn more about how you too can be inside the Church of Christ, how you, can too, how you too can be ready for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're ready to learn more about the fundamental teachings found here inside the Church of Christ, we encourage you, visit incmedia.org. There you're going to find the various series of uh, programs dedicated to answering all of your spiritual questions. There at incmedia.org, you will also find a directory of all the local congregations of the Church of Christ around the world. You can find the one that is nearest to your home. You can go there, pose these and so many more questions to the ministers that are there waiting for you. They will lead you in Bible studies just like we have begun. We've only scratched the surface with a couple of questions that came to us from Africa. Go there, incmedia.org. Look up the local congregation there, the address that's nearest to your home. Go there, join with us serving and worshiping God. You can also email to us your video questions to answers at incmedia.org. Visit our Facebook pages, Iglesia Ni Cristo Media. Join us here inside the Church of Christ. We want to thank our studio audience today for joining us in our, in our study. We want to thank uh, everyone for, uh, who might be watching us on the internet or Channel 49, INC TV, or anywhere else you are uh, tuning in from. Thank you for joining us in this taping. I hope you have uh, enjoyed the moments we have shared together, but more than that, I hope you have learned the truths that we embrace. And why do we embrace these truths? Because? That's in the Bible! 
Thank you very much, studio audience. Thank you very much. Thank you all. We'll see you next time. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you all. Thank you guys very much. Thank you all. Thank you very much.